Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans, and welcome to episode 78 of the Believe in Astros podcast and the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, prepping for a series with the Mariners after a very successful weekend uh, and first part of the week. Blummer, how are you doing this morning? Um, pretty good. It's good to be back in town, uh, yeah. at least for a brief little bit. And it's nice that the Astros are winning ball games despite all the injuries. And as we sit here and speak... Two games back of the West. Unbelievable, man. Like, just a crazy... And we're going to talk about that. That is on my list this morning because just the the insanity of what we have seen uh, this season, it boggles the mind, really, uh, when you start thinking about everything that's been happening. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter as long as it's there. <laughs> I mean, no. Did you know there's a new social media app out there? I'm on it. Threads. Yes. There you go. It's, it, I just found launched, out about that this morning. It launched last night, attached to Instagram. Um, look, it's, it's you know, it's still meta. It's Mark Zuckerberg. But, you know, I kind of made a comment this morning. Um, I sort of feel like I'd rather have a devil than the devil. <laughs> so, you know, uh, uh, Twitter's t- Twitter's just imploding upon itself because of its own mismanagement. And um, and so, you know, you got to you got to do what you got to do. I will say this. All of the other ones like Blue Sky and Mastodon, which I've tried out, um, they pale in comparison to what threads will be able to do because threads is connected to your Instagram. Yeah, so I do kind of enjoy up, that. Instagram has been connected. my go to. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of Instagram, curious. Instagram is the best one out there um, yeah. for sure of all the social media. So I, I would believe that Astros has an Instagram. So we'll probably soon have a threads as well. There you go. <laughs> I mean, may as well. Um, I thought you can find me at Jeff Balky uh, and Blummer at Blummer 27 on all of those aforementioned social media networks. <laughs> uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can be alerted to new videos. And thanks to everyone who's given us five stars and left us reviews on Apple. Obviously, we love seeing comments and questions, particularly like the new fun game. Who's pitching today? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, talk about crazy. Uh, we don't know, actually, at this point. It's Tuesday morning, a little after 9 a.m. And I'm probably Renel Blanco, I think, maybe. Probably if, because, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. It was supposed to be Christian Javier. Uh, it's obviously not. Um, anyway, we'll dig into that in a second. First, let's start with the Rangers series just because yeah. not only did they win three out of four, which was a huge deal, but it was really weird. I mean, <laughs> they lost the one game I was at. Coincidence? 
coincidence? I hope not. Um, with Hunter Brown on the mound. But then they scratched Framber Valdez for a start, starting Sean Dubin, who went four innings. And then the offense went ballistic. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and and then we had a crazy closing game with Javier getting oh. blown up yet again as he continues to be on the struggle bus. And they still won. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I remember looking at the game. I typed onto Twitter. Uh, I typed onto Twitter, this game sucks at some point, like late in the game. <laughs> and then they still won. Just a wild series, but ultimately a successful one for the Astros. So big, big win in Dallas. No, that was huge. You know, uh, the, the, last season we marked the calendar when the Astros were going to go through New York and play, I think, you know, six games on the row, four in Yankee Stadium, two against the New York Mets in Shea, shoot, Shea Stadium. That's where I played <laughs> back in the day um, yeah, yeah. at City Field. But uh, this season, it was kind of this road trip where you're going to go through the L.A. Dodgers. You're going to find yourself finishing the series against the Texas Rangers. And that was after we found out the Texas Rangers were going to be leading the division. So that's where you kind of marked it on your calendar, that mid-season point, where do we measure up? And they go right. in there and take three out of four. There's so many different factors in that that Arlington series that kind of stuck out to me. The first is they've never sold out that stadium until the Astros showed up. So Astro fans kudos to you hat tip of the cap hats off whatever you want to say golf clap man outstanding show of uh of character getting up there to arlington and representing your houston astros so kudos to you number one number two we had watched the rangers from afar and understood their offense is incredible i'll give them that they've been on a heater for 81 82 games now and the Astros come in and they if they pitch well they can suppress the offense which I found encouraging and the other side of it was the fact that the pitching staff for the Texas Rangers we had been watching them from afar going man okay the starting pitching is okay Nathan Evaldi badass Mm -hmm. this year doing a great Great. job Um, but the bullpen is terrible. They did pick up a Roldis Chapman while we were there, and we could see why, because their bullpen is not good at all, and the pitching is the real weakness of the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I. it was a fascinating series to watch, and I was one of the people in attendance. Uh, Blummer, thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. It was a... I, I will tell you this. It was one-to-one Astros to Rangers jerseys. There's no doubt. I mean, oh, I it was completely 50, agree. It was, completely. it was 50-50. Like when we walked in, my buddy and I walked in, my buddy Frank and I, we started strolling into the ballpark, into Globe Life Field. And we're like, the first thing we thought is when we were getting out of the Uber up there, we're like, are we going to be like in a sea of Rangers fans like wanting to murder us? I know, right? The first thing we saw was a family wearing Astros jerseys, every single <laughs> one of them. It was, it was, I, I was really surprised. I mean, not... 100% surprising to me, but kind of surprising that there were that many Astros fans in attendance. I know a number of people who were there who I saw on Twitter and other places saying they had made the drive mm-hmm. uh, up to Dallas. Um, it was a it was a really cool showing by fans, no doubt. And you're 100% right on their pitching. I mean, their bullpen is not good. And you yeah. said this earlier in the season. You said, uh, kudos to you. Um, for saying that you felt like the Rangers were going to come back to the pack at some point, that they couldn't yeah. keep hitting like this, although they're pretty damn good uh, in are. their starting lineup. Um, but you said they weren't going to be able to continue hitting like this, and eventually their 
uh, pitching was going to catch up to it. And it feels like it has. And don't look now, but between now and the next time we meet the Rangers in a co- two or three weeks here, it's a pretty light schedule for the Astros. Mm-hmm. And then it's a it's pretty difficult schedule for the Rangers. The next time they come to Minute Maid, we could be in the division lead. Absolutely. Uh, fingers crossed. So it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a wild season, obviously, and a very long one, but this is a microcosm of that for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to discount the fact that the Astros went in there, flipped the switch, went in there, kicked some ass, and took three out of four to make it even more interesting in the American League West. And, Doing it without some serious key factors. Like you said, Javier showed up, but did he really? Framber Valdez gets skipped. You're relying on rookie pitchers that went out there and did a phenomenal job. And then you got timely hitting. How about the fact that Kyle Tucker basically swung himself onto the All-Star game, into the All-Star game? Oh, my gosh. This dude... That last homestand and then that road trip and then the beginning of this homestand against the Colorado Rockies, he swung himself into an all-star spot. So kudos to him and great job. And how about the fact that the three, four hitters for the Houston Astros and Jose Abreu, Kyle Tucker, basically carried this team? You are absolutely reading my mind. I have mm-hmm. in my notes here about both of those guys, about how Kyle Tucker is basically an all-star because of what he's done the last two weeks. Yes. It's been unbelievable. And and well, let's, let's jump to that. I want to talk about the pitchers. I'm wearing my pitching ninja hat today because I want to talk a little bit about – Trying to get them good the, vibes. That's right. But l- I want to jump to the hitting because, like we said, I, I think you're right. Kyle Tucker added the all-star game. Mike Trout has a broken hamate bone. Which is, by the way, a hamate bone always kind of makes me laugh because it just doesn't sound like what you what it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, he broke a hamate bone, so Tucker will be on the All Star team with Valdez and Alvarez. Although Alvarez is obviously isn't going to play. Um, but if you look at some of the numbers for, I'm gonna pick, I just picked four guys mm-hmm. who, over the last 15, 20 games. So, and I'm not even not even Tucker's included because we know what Tucker has done. Yeah, I know. Right? Yes. So let's start with Abreu. <laughs> In the last 20 games, Jose Abreu is hitting 304. His OPS is 882. He's got four home runs and 16 RBIs. I, so Chaz McCormick. In the last 15, he's hitting 305 with an 895 OPS, three homers, 11 RBIs. Corey Jolks, ladies oh. and gentlemen, 373 with a 467 on base and a 957 Cook's house. A Cook's house. 957 <laughs> OPS. By the way, nine walks to only eight strikeouts during that period of time. Huge deal. He's seeing, seeing the ball. And then, yes, Yiner Diaz. 281 in the last 15 games, 281 with an 870 OPS, five homers and 10 RBIs, seven home runs in his last 20. First of all, before we dig in on Yiner, Chaz McCormick, I think, has answered the question of who's going to be your regular outfielder. I mean, the guy has – now, I, lo- I kind of like the occasional – defensive alignment of him playing in left oh yeah and and uh and Myers playing in center I think that's a real especially late in games but Chaz is just not gonna cover off the ball you cannot keep him out I I hope you're right you know we'll have to wait and see because we know that uh, Dusty Dusty manipulates that lineup the way he wants to manipulate it and I know that you know some of the metrics 
defensively kind of a favor Jake Myers yeah. out in center field. But at the same time, I think if you can find your moments, it's so hard to put Chaz in left field and Jake Myers in center when you've got Corey Jolks going, Jolks, Jolks a mania going crazy. I you know. know and, uh, so you want to put, you know, if you had the, the, the alignment of Chaz McCormick in center, Corey Jolks in yeah. left, Yanner Diaz DHing or behind the plate, whatever <laughs> you want to do. I mean, those are, those are three power bats in the middle of that lineup or late in that lineup even. Shoot, these guys are hitting six, seven, eight in the lineup yeah. when they're in there. And it really creates a unique dynamic that stretches this lineup out. And I think what's fantastic about that, about that is, is you've got Chaz, who's got he's obviously got experience, you know, two or three years under his belt, World Series mm-hmm. hero with the catch and what he's been able to do. So he's experienced the moment. But you have two rookies in Corey Jolks and Yiner Diaz. And I might, I mean, shoot, it might be safe to say in spring training, maybe Yiner was on the radar, but not necessarily an impact player like he is right now. Right. Corey Jolks was nowhere on that radio radar. He was a great player, made the adjustment. His story is amazing and he's playing for his hometown team. So you kind of, it was that feel good story. Now you're like, dude, this guy just, he's awesome. Let's get him in the lineup and see what he can do. And he continues to go out there and produce. He's leading the team. Or at least tied, I think, with 14 stolen bases with Kyle Tucker. I didn't see that coming. He has developed <laughs> into a big league player. And I think that's what's most fun to watch is watch Yiner and Corey Jokes developing in front of our eyes. And I said, I think I said this the other day, or maybe it might have been on a radio show, or I can't remember where it was, mm-hmm. but I was talking about how how these rookies are having impacts, but their at bats are different than other rookies around the leagues because they're playing for the Houston Astros in contention. So not only are they trying to establish themselves, they're having high leverage at bats on a daily basis, which I think is making them better ball players. I think you're completely right about that. Jolks, I mean, I, I've liked Jolks since day one. I was shocked when he made, I think everybody was kind of surprised when he made the, uh, the 40 man roster. Um, but Listen, he has done nothing but produce. I mean, the fact that he is in his last 15, 467 oh. on base is crazy, especially when you consider, like you said, he's tied with the team in steals. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you put those kind of numbers together, and also he plays a really good left field. Oh, man. Right? More he's, than he's only made yeah. a, he's, he's made a couple of base running mistakes here and there, which obviously they can clean up, but it's rookie stuff. And just really impressive between him and Yiner. And I know we've got the weirdness of Yiner. Will he catch? Will he won't catch? But I do Mm -hmm. think it does give the Astros in the second half, as we've passed the midway point now, lots of opportunities. Yeah, as long as we're and as long as we're handing out, you know, all these, uh, you know, uh, applauds and uh, yeah. street cred, whatever you want to call, props, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Dana Brown, Dusty Baker, management, whoever decided to put Corey Jolks on this rosters on the on this roster, congratulations, nice move. Yeah, that was a that was a tremendous move, and and when I like you said, none of us saw coming, and I, and I'll tell you when when you look at those guys. You also in it does just make the team better in the second half because now you yes. have options out there. Oh. Like if you want to sit, look, there could be a game where you play Jolks and Myers in center field, and you DH uh, and and you and you DH Chaz right mm-hmm. to give Jordan a day off or something. Like there are so many options that they have now in terms of playing guys that I think it just it really does open things up, and I don't think anything would anybody would have expected that. 
um, on a team that's contending, you know, yep. which the Astros are. The only question I have is what in God's name is the Chaz dance? And can oh, someone God. give the man a, 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 some help? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> can we just assist him? Just a, just a, Julia danced. Her brother's a dancer, right? Brother's a Her dancer. brother's like a kind of a famous dancer. Get yeah. get him get him Her in dad's Houston. Dad's got skills. Does he really? I didn't no. know that. See, there you go. That family is talented. Yeah, get somebody in there. Get and, and Chaz. You know what? This is going to sound terrible, but he set himself up for this because he, he hit really a home did. run, came back, did a little he bit really of a move, did. and we're like, oh hey, check this out. Daz, Chaz has got a little dance. And then he proceeded to hit more home runs and he's not prepared. So, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, you're right. A, he's a victim of his own success. You're right. It's like he comes out there <laughs> with this weird little robot thing. It's like, okay, that was kind of cool. Honestly, we just saw Hank Conger, right? Uh, yep. As a first base coach, get the break out the Conger bot. Oh, please. I'm a, like, break out if the Conger bot, bot shows up, I'm in. Oh, 100%. I mean, look, Chaz has gotten so so much fun that even the Chaz Chomp guys are throwing out the first pitch of the baseball game. Yeah. I don't know if you saw I mean, that that's the other incredible. day. I mean, this, it's just it's selfishly. Chaz. Selfishly, I just want him to do the, the James Harden or the Ezekiel Elliott, you know, feed <laughs> yeah, me because I'm always screaming meatloaf after every friggin' home run he hits. So he's meatloaf. eating the meatloaf. Let's go. You are screaming meatloaf. What was the one you called Chaz the other day? Because I know TK oh. calls him Chasmanian Devil. You had one. My buddy texted me and said that was a good one. I don't remember uh, what it was. Well, he made a catch, and I said that was Chaz-tastic, and that one caught, was kind of <laughs> kind of cool. That was pretty strong. There's, yeah. Look, it's it, he is he has been fantastic. Um, Jolks has been fantastic. And honestly, Abreu is finally looking like Abreu. God, he looks I mean, good, yeah. He really does. I mean, even the like his expected – I just saw somebody posted his expected OPS Ooh. was like, it's like a straight line up <laughs> from where it was. I mean, it's just like, rank, like that's all, you know? So even when he's not getting a hit, he's, he's just powering through. It's kind of, it's kind of incredible. So um, I want to give some love to some of these pitchers because look, setting aside Fromber Valdez, who's been outstanding and Hunter Brown, who's been very good for, for a rookie. I mean, we've been seeing, I mean, first of all, JP France, not Ty France, JP France is I'm not going to make that mistake again. (laughs) JP France is a legitimate major league baseball starting pitcher. It's there's no more guessing about it anymore. There's no more questioning. He's a legitimate rotation Mm -hmm. pitcher. Now, in this rotation, once we're healthy, he might be a four or five. But nevertheless, Who cares? He is, <clears throat> he, yes, he is a legitimate rotation pitcher. Then you get Blanco, who's basically a long reliever who they've stretched out. By the way, also props to Dana Brown for yeah. suggesting they needed that, to stretch him out. On him. Yeah, that was a huge deal. And he's been excellent. Then you get Sean Dubin, who comes out. I don't even think anybody knew Sean Dubin was in the Astros system. (laughs) And he comes out and gives you four strong innings. And then you've got Brandon Belak. Like, all respect to this guy. He was just getting hit around like crazy. He comes back on short notice because of the, the the injuries and, you know, just kind of craziness. Shows up with the bullpen depleted. And gives the Astros seven innings. I mean, seven shutty, man. Seven shutty. Seven <laughs> shutout innings. 
if I'm the rest of the league, you know the rest of the league's got to be like, God, come on, man. Yeah, uncle. Yes, exactly. It's like, what is happening? I mean, Josh Miller and and Bill Murphy. Oh, yeah. Golf clap Seriously. all the way. Again, I mean, we're handing out, you know, midseason reports and, uh, yeah. you know, these guys are off the charts and deserve all the credit because they do. Ha- I mean, it's they have the talent, but at the same time, they're developing these guys and encouraging them and putting them in positions to go out there and succeed. And it's kind of funny to me in this in this 2023 season where there's just been an absolute epidemic of injuries top to bottom from every organization watching what the Astros are capable of doing. I mean, the only, you know, I know that the Rangers have lost Jacob DeGrom, but at the same time, they're relatively healthy and getting people that are overachieving. But at the same time, I'm watching a lot of organizations come rolling through Houston and we go on the road and, oh, we're depleted. We're depleted. And we're not, that's why we're not winning games. The Astros, they they don't say that. They roll in and everybody says, I thought these guys were beat to hell. You don't have a McCullers. You don't have uh, Luis Garcia. You don't have Urquidy. And all of a sudden, you're like, Belak gave you seven shutout. Where'd you? This guy's been in the minor leagues. Um, uh, you know, you get Renel Blanco. This guy was, you know, a borderline, you know, bullpen guy. Now he's pitching, starting games for you. And good lord, JP France. We talk so much about Hunter Brown being the rookie of the year. What a phenom! <clears throat> electric velocity, power slider. This absolute nasty curveball. And guess what? JP France, whose JP might stand for just pitch. Just pitch, France. <laughs> nice. Going out there, and he's he's giving you seven shutty now. He's got six consecutive quality starts going out there and pitching your team into victories. And I think that, that now he's he's leading, I think, American League rookies with a minimum of 50 innings in his ERA. So, wow. You know, they just keep coming at you. It's unbelievable. And the bullpen, to its credit, has been yeah. – it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride in recent yep. days, but they are stable and they are always available. That's what's mind blowing to me too. Well, the bullpen is getting taxed a little bit. I mean, they've got to yes. be getting a little tired. I mean, Phil Maton's oh, th- sprinting to the All Star break to give these guys. A break. I know exactly because these guys have pitched a lot, and and yeah. it's not their fault. I mean, the Astros no. have struggled with their starting rotation with injuries and everything. They couldn't. It's it's you know they couldn't really help it, but the bullpen really has stepped up. And and look, I'm willing to accept some you know some issues occasionally here or there jose abreu giving up a home run ryan stanick giving up a home run in places mm-hmm. because it's just part of what happens when you are pushing them as hard as you are and it's a um, long season too and it's a very long season so you just you just have to accept some of that fortunately the offense is starting to come around but if you look at just at the baseball number just the the pitching rotation numbers overall the t- with all these guys starting, right, and all the mm-hmm. mistakes from the bullpen with Rafael Montero's problems and whatever else, they're second in ERA in all of baseball. <laughs> I mean, they're seventh in the AL in batting average against, and they're fifth in all of baseball in strikeouts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's, – it's nothing short of incredible. It, it would be – I don't think you could – if you told people, right, at the beginning of the season, if you said, okay <laughs> – our starting rotation is going to consist of J.P. France, Renel Blanco, Brandon Belak, and Sean Dubin. During the week that we're playing the the Rangers, they would be like, well, we got swept, obviously. No, we mm-hmm. did not. We actually, if you count the Rockies games, you know, we went, it was three, five, five and one in those yeah. games. 
I mean, remarkable, just absolutely remarkable. I think uh, the big question now is they don't think Javier's hurt. Dana Brown says he thinks he's just fatigued, right? So he got dead yeah. arm, and they're just going to kind of rest him through the all-star break, which is great. That I, that feels right to me because he doesn't look like anything's been mechanically wrong with him or anything. He just doesn't seem to have the snap on the ball that he has before. No, I think that's exactly what it is. The snap is missing from him, and it could, you know, I talked to uh, Steve Sparks about Christian Javier, and you know, he's he's hyper technical about some of the yeah. mechanics and delivery, and he's kind of saying, you know. Javier is known for that invisible where, like you said, he yeah. snaps that that spin rate and it kind of floats through the zone at the top part and it never really comes back down to earth because he defies gravity with the spin rate. Right. And Sparky kind of said he's pushing the ball up there. He's not really getting that extension and snapping, pulling down with that pitch. And I think that that is a result of the shoulder maybe being a little bit, uh, in his words, gummy. I'm not sure what that means, but maybe the, you know, the viscosity of the oil in the shoulder is a little sticky (laughs) so it's not coming through yeah so it's not coming through as fluid as it normally does and that's just a part that's just a process of a season and a lot of a lot of action on that shoulder Mm-hmm. And I think that once he works through that and gets through the dead arm, which is a real thing for both yeah. pitchers, infielders, outfielders, it's just you go through it and your arm just says, you know what, I've kind of had enough. I'm going to take a little bit of a break and you got to force it a little bit. But it's once you get that second wind, you're going to be all right. And keep in mind with Christian Javier, started half the season last season as a bullpen guy. And then he moved himself into the yeah. rotation. So starting the season as a starter is much different than starting in the bullpen. So cut him a little bit of slack. The stuff is going to be there. It just might take a little while or this all-star break to kind of get him back and rest that arm and revive it a little bit for this home stretch after the all-star break. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I I think people forget that he started in the bullpen last year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he also pitched in the in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, he pitched all the way through, you know, into November. Um, no, it's not the, really a those shot. are hyper valid points that we keep forgetting about. Is that damn lockout last year pushed the World Series back, and then you had a short off season, a huge spring training, a normal spring training, and the WBC? Yeah. You're right. That those are very good points. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's you know well, it, it, I feel like he's going to turn it around, um, and I think you're. I say rest him. You know, I mean, just go mm-hmm. ahead and let him need, get the rest he needs. You know, let him take care of that shoulder. Get him and get that massage therapist working. Get the get that cupping going. If I see a bunch of dark spots on his shoulder, yeah. like there you there you go. Get that cupping working. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need, get that synovial fluid moving because um, we're going to need him down the stretch for sure. Yeah, synovial fluid. You, that's pretty good, yeah, right? That's fancy. I pulled that, I pulled that right out of my uh, bag of tricks. Um, now we can talk about, however, some positive news on the entry front. Jordan Alvarez is hitting. They think he'll probably get a rehab stint right after the All-Star break, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, also, by the way, Jose Urquini <clears throat> looks like he's going to be yeah. getting a rehab stint shortly. That's going to be huge for the rotation, um, especially if he can come back healthy and pitch the way we all think he can. Yeah. Um, with him and Jordan, I mean, that's it's like getting – I mean, you're getting Jordan back – it's we. I don't oh think we've. I, we talked about the cascade effect of all these things, but getting Jordan <laughs> back is such a big deal, and we just forget. We're like, oh right, Jordan. He's going to come back and crush a million home runs. It's like, yeah, we're just well, spoiled. Yeah. 
how many how many teams out there go man if we could only go out there and trade or find a guy who is an adonis in a uniform and hits power bombs every time he swings a bat and he's left-handed gosh that'd be so great to pick up and guess what dana brown doesn't have to do anything he just has to activate jordan alvarez and here he is um you know so that will create some issues because if he does take dh or left field then you've got to wonder about yiner diaz you've got to wonder about Corey jokes but at the same time to your point earlier your bench gets that much better so there's going to be some interesting uh lineup choices for dusty down the stretch when yordan comes back um and urkiti getting back in that rotation he's such an innings eater that uh, your bullpen might actually get better when urkiti comes back but then again you have decisions to make renal blanco brandon belak some of these guys in here going it's almost like Seth Martinez last season in the bullpen going, dude, you've got a 2.3 ERA, but we just don't have room for you. So it's kind of a wealth of riches that you're going to have to massage yourself through. Um, but a couple of negatives, you know, Brantley with a little bit of a setback and Altuve, right. we're still waiting to hear on the MRI for him. And uh, no offense to Michael. But Altuve might be the bigger one that we've got to worry about a little bit. I just want to see – I want to make sure that he's okay and that we get him back for the stretch run maybe after the All-Star break also. Yeah, they did say yesterday that he didn't feel the same level of pain that he did after he had the oblique strain earlier in the year, and they're taking that as a positive <sighs> sign. I um, hope so. <clears throat> yeah, but we don't know until the MRI comes back. You're right. Until that comes back and shows we're all good. Um, Brantley, I kind of wonder like – how much longer do, does this go on before people before they're finally like, yeah, it's just not going to happen? I mean, well, it's I mean, I don't know anything about what's going on. Obviously, like I'm not yeah. in the training well, yeah. room, but but it, it is it is does feel kind of ominous. No, but I feel like you're, the the question is how long can we wait and how, how long is is there a deadline to where him coming back is ineffective? I don't right. know if that makes any sense because no, if he totally. comes back and if he comes back September fifteenth, is that going to be enough to make him an effective weapon in the postseason? If he right. if he comes back September first, is that still or you know because uh, you know I don't know is that enough time to figure out if Michael Brantley is back and in a in a, a weapon in this lineup? Because I feel like if he's a hundred percent, he is a weapon. And it's going to take 100% Michael Brantley to push a, a Corey Jolks out of the way or push right. a Chaz McCormick out of the way. You're you're right. And and also, you start thinking about, well, then they're going to start looking at September call-ups, too. They're going to expand mm-hmm. the roster a little bit. They're going to have some opportunities for some guys who might deserve the opportunities. Uh, and might you might want them to get those opportunities before next season. <laughs> Well, and I completely forgot. I don't know how, but I completely forgot the trade deadline. You know, you need to yes. make a decision on on Michael Brantley. And if you do feel like you need to go get that bat, and if Michael Brantley is the bat that you can get, then you're okay. Yeah. But if it's not, then you you don't want to you don't want to waste that one trade deadline you have not going and getting a bat that you feel might help your team. Yeah, we're. I, I have a note for next week. We're going to dig a little bit into the trade deadline, mainly because we've got to figure out where the Astros assets lie. I mean, even I if they are buyers, what are you willing to give up? Yeah. Yeah. What are you willing to give up to get back the kind of, you know, starting level talent? And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely dig into that next week. I will say the major league baseball draft is this weekend, yes. which is, which is Dana Brown's 
Like that's his level, his area of expertise. I'm real curious what your thoughts on this Blumer. Like the last couple seasons, the Astros have really almost entirely gone after college players. And it's mm-hmm. obvious that they're trying to rebuild, you know, a system that's been uh, depleted over the past few seasons. I feel like that's probably going to be their strategy again. But from a position standpoint, you've got to think that the vast bulk of their choices are going to be in the infield. <laughs> I mean, they have nobody in the infield really that's that's you know uh, going to be challenging anytime soon. And um, obviously, pitching—you're always looking for great arms. But mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to have to just draft like a boatload of infielders and then figure out where it happens. You know, figure, figure out where it goes from there. Well, and I also think that this is a different year in the sense that all of the penalties are lifted on the Astros. Yes. So, you, you know, Dana Brown understands that this this is a moment for him moving into this spot as GM of the Astros where he can, he can actually have a serious impact. Very yeah. similar to what Jeff Luno did when the Astros were struggling. They had all these early picks. Now, Dana Brown doesn't have the number one picks like Jeff Luno did, but he's going right. to do his homework and make sure that he picks up these guys. And I agree with you in the sense that, you know, if he can go get that high-level infielder, he will go get it because Abreu has two more years on his deal. Jose Altuve will probably find himself in an extension three to five years, so that you know mm-hmm. he should be there for a little while. Um, Jeremy Pena, you've got him for three or four more years, uh, mm-hmm. if not more, depending on contract uh, situation or extension. And then Alex Bregman has one more right. year on his deal, so you've got to and. and you want to be able to protect these guys and not burn them out as they get a little bit older and find guys to move in there. So you do have time, but at the same time, if you want to develop that talent, you've got to go find them now and starting pitching. Like you said, just get arms as many arms as you can. But I know that the trend here in recent years has been get that collegiate athlete because they're, they're a little, they're a little bit easier to predict because they have a little bit of a track record playing in a high level, probably division one baseball, which is comparable to double a baseball. And, uh, you know, they're, they're older, they're stronger, they're smarter. Uh, they understand the game a little bit better and they can get to the big leagues a little bit quicker. And I think that's the impact, but if you can find a live, uh, crazy freaky, good athlete in a high school level, why not give them a shot? I think obviously the the main thing they're going to be doing is once again rating the SEC <laughs> because oh, the SEC not, SEC baseball, like you said, it's like double A. And look, if you look at what's happened, like they have a couple of guys like that have just sped through the minor leagues and are already at triple A or double mm-hmm. A, um, you know, and and you've got to figure that's going to be what they're going to want to do. They're going to try and fast track some of these guys to get them up here so they can get some opportunities. Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see what they do. The major league baseball draft is the worst of all drafts because it's, I don't know if it's like, I think it's 157 rounds now. I'm not sure how long they've actually shrunk it. I, I think know. it's like 30 or something like that it's now, but, but you know, crazy. back in my day, it was like <laughs> 70 rounds, you know? I mean, it's just so long. It's just so long. Mm-hmm. And then they're drafting guys from like East village state of the Hamptons. And you're like, I don't know what, and, you know, this like they're drafting guys from like, you know, a, co- a high school that had 50 kids in it. You know, it's just, yeah, I don't know how they a find parochial league that had like three teams. <laughs> I don't know how they find these people. Like, I don't know what the scouting, it is amazing. Good, good oh, on the hey, scouting dude. department. 
hey, dude, just go to the Perfect Game website and then look at some of these recruiting websites and some of these scouting websites. Now you don't have to travel. You just got to upload a video and all of a sudden you got eyes on you. Yeah, man. Well, if you're trying to get in the big leagues, I mean, who can blame them? And now everybody can make a video. Ten-year-olds can make good videos. Shoot, we make videos. I know. And that's that's a shock. (laughs) That's a real shock. <laughs> Nobody wants us actually making them, you know, uh, for them. We could do it for ourselves. But would anybody yep. hire us? No, hell no. Of course not. Nah. Nobody's going to hire us to make videos for them. We can do this. <laughs> this is fine. I've it's got like good hand gestures, yeah. Exactly. I will say one more thing before we go. First of all, I love the fact that they showed the anniversary of the B game uh, the yes, other day. Thank you. Which was excellent because, first of all, it was like your game. I mean, you had that three-run jack. It was like the Jeff Blum welcome back to San Diego. And then the Bees just took it over, man. That Um, was wild. Out of curiosity, how did does anybody actually know how they ended up under the jacket of like the ball girl? Like, does was it ever explained? There, I'm not sure, but never discount revenge at bats. Uh, That's why I always talk about them because I had several of my own, and that was one day where I got my revenge on the San Diego Padres. (laughs) Nice. Um, But at the same time, you know, it was wild because I don't know if you remember a guy named Kyle Blanks. He's about six foot eight, three hundred pounds, playing left field for the Padres, and he comes scampering (laughs) off out of left field like a girl. You know, no offense, but comes running out like, oh my gosh, and uh, we're like, what the hell is going on? and all of a sudden, you hear this kind of like, you could hear this this swarm come through. And they just got, it's weird because they went underneath and up into the jacket. And rumor has oh. it, rumor oh. has it that there were, there was some kind of snack inside the ball girl's jacket. Like sugar or something. Something. And that's what attracted them. But I didn't, re- who knew it was going to attract a billion <laughs> of those bees? <laughs> It was crazy. And, and they had to call out the beekeeper who was on the hero. Yeah, yeah. On a Sunday, who was clearly the hero. Can you imagine <laughs> getting that phone call? You're like, oh, bro, man, I'm like on the porch, you know, having a toddy. And you what? You want you me need to what? bees? At Where? Petco Park? What? Like, when, <laughs> I can he, be there tomorrow. He gets, the, he gets the tip of the cap and the standing O. <laughs> I love it. He's like, I could be there in the morning. They're like, no, bro, like now, like in the no, middle like the of the game, game is like happening. right now. He's like, I got to go on the field. Yeah, you yeah, know that like, guy must boxers just... right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so last thing, uh, I don't know if Rob Manford is watching Wimbledon. No, dear but God. But if he is, I'm just going to suggest he note the way that they uh, call in and out on balls mm-hmm. and how quickly Hawkeye. and efficiently, how just ease, no problem. Nobody complains. It's simple. Works well. I like Wimbledon, frankly. I think it's fun. Uh, um, I think it's a fun like experience. I think, by the way, I think tennis athletes are hyper underrated. Like You watch the, them play tennis. There's some crazy athletic stuff that happens out there. But this whole thing with Hawkeye, bro, bring it. Listen, Rob Manford, if you're listening to me right now and you're not, but if you are. Gosh, he's in a echo chamber. Yeah, right. I mean, that thing is amazing. Like, if you're not familiar, watch a Wimbledon. And if somebody hits a shot, the player can say, I don't think that ball was in. And they can go mm-hmm. immediately within seconds and they show you the computer video of where it actually landed. 
to like within a millimeter mm-hmm. and, and nobody complains. Everybody's like, okay, I guess it was in or okay. It was out good. You know, good, good challenge. And it takes like that. I'm yep. just saying balls and strikes. Yeah. Well, just you saying. could do, well, you could do boundaries too. You could do fair yes. foul. You could do home runs. Uh, uh, and then you could do yes. balls and strikes. And to, to your point, the Hawkeye is being experimented with. It's being, uh, I've heard. You know, it's been it's being worked into the system. I think that that it is that good in tennis that they are trying to find a way to make it work in baseball. I just think they're trying to calibrate, you know, what that strike zone is going to look like. Because if you put it at the front of the plate, I could throw you a 12 six curveball that bounces on the plate and still be a strike. So I think that's what they're trying to eliminate is where do they where do they make the front part of the zone? Where do they make the top of the zone? Because you could you could hit the back of home plate. If you right. really think about it, if it was a 3D plate, yeah, you could hit the back of the plate and it'd cross at your neck. And you're so you're trying to calibrate, you know, the height, the depth, all that kind of thing. But you're right in the sense that Hawkeye is a very accurate tool and mm-hmm. it's immediate. That's the thing is the timing of the game. It's instantaneous. And I don't, I, I'm sure you know this already, but they play it on the, on the big screens at the Wimbledon or wherever they're yeah. at. Instantly, so everybody in the stands, everybody on the court, everybody on the field could go, oh, got me. Okay, let's move on. And like you said, nobody complains. They just accept it as fact. Now, you're right. It is simpler in tennis because all you're doing is covering the boundaries that, you know, which is which mm-hmm. is a simpler thing to do, right? Because you just sh- you shoot from straight up and you can see there's not the three-dimensional element you're talking about, which does make it more complex. But, you know, anything love, would be better. Yeah, I do love that they rely on the human element first. Yes, 100%. That's the way it should be, mm-hmm. right? You let people call it. If it's challenged, it's challenged, and then you figure it out. That's, I mean, that's ultimately, I think with the level of technology that we've developed, particularly with, the, with AI and all these other things that are, that are being developed, there's no reason why the rules and these things can't be improved, right? Um, I, think it's, I think it's just an improvement. Although the other day I saw Jerry Seinfeld on Rich Eisen. Jerry's a big Mets fan. He basically mm. said, that he thinks n- nothing should be changed. Like there should be no designated hitter. <laughs> Everybody oh, should wow. have to hit. He wants to go back to he's old like, school. Yeah. He's like, that's not the way the game was. He was, you know, it's classic Jerry Seinfeld. He's like, uh, it is. That's right up his alley. I mean, that's just, that's more fuel for his uh, stand up, man. <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. All right. Blummer, any final thoughts? We're headed. What, what do we know about the Mariners other than they haven't been very good? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. What, yeah, what that's is been the, crazy. I mean, what are what are the Astros going to have to do against them? I mean, they do obviously. We need to figure out who's going to be pitching first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess uh, more of the same, right? Because the the Mariners have pretty good pitching, um, from yeah. what I can tell. But I don't think they have a great bullpen, and um, and I think they haven't they haven't been hitting the ball very well. What what have you seen so far from them, or have you done much prep yet? Um, I've done a little bit and just watching them from afar. Their their offense is underperforming. Their bullpen is – Scott Service abuses bullpens, and I think those guys yeah. are finally starting to show some of that fatigue. Um, I don't think George Kirby has been who they want him to be. Robbie Ray's out of the rotation. Yeah. I think there's just certain pieces that aren't – they're underperforming because I had them being you know the competition for the Astros in the American League West when this season started. But I think that they're just kind of – 
in that funk. I think that they're going to be a little more ramped up when they come in here to Houston because the last time they were here, <laughs> King Jordan and everybody lit them up and put them out. So I think that there's a little vendetta, maybe a little more intensity for them. But at the same time, the Astros don't seem to be phased by teams that come in here and don't like them. So it should be a good series. I think it'll be competitive, but I still think the Astros have enough. And Fromber's going to throw, whether it's tonight, whether it's Friday night. I think right. he's going to throw and be fine. Um, Javier's the only question mark for me. I don't know if they throw him, and if he does, how is he going to perform? Yeah. Um, but on a personal note, mm. tune in to Friday night's broadcast because Todd Callis will have the night off, and yours truly, Jeff Blum, will be doing the play-by-play. Yes! Oh, mm-hmm. man. I'm ready yeah. for that. I am I will 100% Thank you for Bummer. the support, and I will be joined by Michael Stanton, Michael oh, Bourne, cool. and Clay Hensley. So I'll be ah. running the ship, and I'll have some good quality guys with me, and I can't wait for it. Plumber, that is going to be fun. Have you done yeah. how how many times have you done play by play before? Um, I've only done play by play on the radio in spring training. Okay, <laughs> and I've done like three innings. That's it. So so you're going to really need to prep Friday. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you're going to need to be ready. You're going to need to be TK ready. I don't know if I'll be TK ready. That dude's a beast (laughs) as far as getting prepared, man. But I'm going to pick his brain today and see, you know, get a little insight um, on some techniques and stuff like that. But as far as preparation, my gosh, dude, TK's Todd Callis is the king of kings in that booth for me. He really is. I am 100% ready for the very first Jeff Blum home run call. Yes. I am 100% ready. I I have one home run call under my belt. It was in Chicago 3 years ago, 3 or 4 years ago. Uh TK had to make a bathroom run and Yuli Gurriel let off an inning in Chicago and hit a home run and I was not ready at all. This time I will be ready. <laughs> What did you do? I was like, dude, you- God, he hit a home run. Home run. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to get your catchphrases ready. You got to be like, oh, Yahtzee, yeah. you know, because oh, TK, yeah. I will give him credit. He has, he, he's really good at the quick, uh, at the quick adjustment where he'll be mm-hmm. in the middle of a sentence talking about something. And it'll be so like, speaking of this, you know, like he'll, he's pretty good at weaving that together. And, uh, I mean, you know, he's very good at it, obviously. He's a professional baseball announcer. He needs to be. I'm, I'm going to say, Blummer, to prepare for that, you should watch a lot of Brockmire. There you go. <laughs> Start watching some Brockmire. Get a little yeah, bit of that. Get the censor like, button ready. Get the censor button ready. Watch a little bit. Of, and now at bat, fatty, fatty, boombaletti. It's like, you know, it's just, <laughs> I the, one of the funniest things I've, one of the things I've laughed at harder than anything else in my life was that one of that very first episodes of that show, when this big, huge fat guy came up there and they threw a curveball inside and it hit him in the stomach because it was sticking out so far. And Brock Meyer goes, well, that was not entirely unexpected. And I was <laughs> <laughs> I laughed my ass off. That's like, that was pretty good. Oh my god! Well, Blummer, we're all going to be listening for that. Everybody, Please. get ready. Yeah. Get ready. This is going to be a good one. I'm excited for that. So we will be back next week, just before the All Star game, with a fresh pod. We'll talk. We'll talk some All Star. Blummer, what are your what, like? Give us a little teaser of what your favorite All Star memory is. If you can think um, of probably one, probably going to Mexico. Go- <laughs> 
because <laughs> I've never been. So I, well, you don't I, have I, to have gone to actually oh. have a good memory. Oh, <laughs> then in that case, Going so you're Mexico. assuming I'm watching the All Star Game. Yeah, I guess that's a, I guess that's an unfair <laughs> assumption. <laughs> Which part of Mexico? I would say in between margaritas and guacamole bowls. I, I'm not sure what my favorite highlight was. <laughs> well, the Midsummer Classic, Blummer. Come on, man! You can't just go to Cabo and leave that behind. Oh man! Well, actually, I, I, I am the I, I am the captain of checking out. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, buddy. I really don't. Well, okay. So we'll discuss the the Astros in the All Star <laughs> Game. How about that? Yes. <laughs> thanks to everybody listening. A uh, huge thanks to our listeners. We'll be back with another podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Um, obviously, you guys are great. Liking, subscribing, commenting, keep it up. Super thankful for everybody. So have a great weekend. All Stars next week. The draft is on Sunday. So mm-hmm. as always, go Astros. 